Welcome to the Pull Up and Here podcast hosted by Jacob Grapevine. In this episode, we will be talking about the divisional round playoffs for the NFL and then looking into the future at the conference championships. And then we might look into some future uh, coaching changes and what the offseason might look like. The first game we're going to talk about is the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. It took place Saturday afternoon. And it was a pretty good game. I I thought the Green Bay Packers were going to win. I did think it was going to be a little bit closer, but the Rams' offense is just non-existent, really. Uh, Cam Akers did pretty good, but Jared Goff didn't play bad either, but they didn't get big plays when they needed it to. Uh, Jared Goff only had 175 yards and a touchdown, and then Cam Akers had 90 yards and a touchdown. But like there weren't really any big plays that changed the momentum for the Rams. They just played a very vanilla game, and against the Packers, that you can't really do that. You have to play almost a perfect game to beat the Packers. And because the Packers, they played almost a perfect game. They had Aaron Rodgers had 300 yards and two touchdowns, and Aaron Jones had 100 yards and a touchdown, and Aaron Rodgers also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, three guys on the Green Bay Packers had over 50 yards receiving, and only one guy on the Rams had over 50 yards. So it, there's clearly a offensive difference. The Packers' offense, everybody already knew this, but the Packers' offense is by far better than the Rams, and the Rams' defense didn't play as good as everybody expected to. I thought it was going to be a closer game originally because – Aaron Donald said he was playing, and Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion, is a top-two cornerback. And he didn't play bad. Uh, Devontae Adams had 66 yards and a touchdown, but I think against Jalen Ramsey, he only had like 40-something yards. So Jalen still locked down the top-two wide receiver to under 50 yards and a touchdown. So he played really good, but... There were a lot of missed tackles, and there were a lot of things. Aaron Rodgers should have thrown, I think, there were one or two dropped interceptions that could have changed the game. And it was a fun game to watch, but I've I've been saying it all uh, postseason that Green Bay's going to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm sticking with that. I think they're better than the Buccaneers. But the Buccaneers also... Like I said, they're on a hot streak. They played really good last night. And I'm interested to see this conference championship. It's the old generation versus the new generation because uh, in the NFC championship we have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, two of the greatest quarter, the probably two of the top three greatest quarterbacks of our generation. And then in the AFC championship you have Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes the two best quarterbacks of the new generation. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, the second game we have is the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. This game was actually very boring. Uh, the first half over before the game started was 24 and a half, and there wasn't even 24 points scored in the whole game. It was 3-3 three to three at halftime, which is so boring. Uh Neither team played good, really. Uh, both teams kind of stunk. Uh, the only big players, really, were uh, Marquise Brown had four catches, 87 yards, and Stephon Digg had eight catches and 106 yards and touchdown. But their, the total rushing yards for Buffalo was 32. They only had three rushing plays in the first half, which I think was – the most since, like, 2011 Packers, I think they said. Like, three rushing games, especially in the postseason, you're supposed to be more balanced and, you know, like, I've never seen somebody only rush it three times in a playoff game. That was crazy. The fact that they still won, it was mainly because of their defense because they had a – a hundred and one yard touchdown, which was that that was clutch. 
it was really big. That they were still winning, but ten to seven's a one possession game. And then you get that pick six, you know, you're up two scores, so then it's relied all on Lamar and the Ravens offense. Lamar had 162 yards, no touchdown, and interception passing. And then rushing, he had 34 yards. So everybody was expecting him to do really good. Everybody knew that he had to play really good for them to win, and he didn't really do that. So I was hoping they would lose. But a lot of people did think the Ravens were like the upset team. Like, out of these four games that happened this weekend, everybody said that Baltimore would be the one to upset. I never thought Baltimore was that good this year. They did surprise me with how they played against the Titans, and but the Titans' whole thing was you had to stop the run, and this whole thing was you had to stop the pass. They did stop the pass pretty well. Josh Allen only had 200 yards and a touchdown, but... That's all he needed. The Ravens couldn't score. And Justin Tucker actually missed two field goals in the first half, which really, that killed them. That that hurt their momentum so much. The Buffalo Bills, their kicker still missed a kick. But Justin Tucker is known as probably the best, if not one of the best, uh, kickers in the NFL in today's game. That was actually his first time in his career. He missed two field goals in the same game that weren't weren't 50 yards or more. They were like it was like a 38, and then I want I was like is a 38 and a 40 something. I'm pretty sure. And he missed both of those, and he went to Texas. So I love Legatron, and I was very upset when he missed both of those. But other than that, Buffalo plays Kansas City next week. I think that will be a great game. So looking on to the next game is the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. This was a pretty good game. A lot of people were trying to say that the Browns were the team of destiny and they were going to win uh, this game and go to the Super Bowl. I didn't see that happening because I don't think they're a better team than the Chiefs or the Bills. But this game, it was – Closer than I thought it was going to be, but at halftime it wasn't that close. 19 to three. I thought the Chiefs were going to handle them in the second half, and Patrick Mahomes got a concussion, and he and then uh, Chad Henney almost let the Cleveland Browns come back. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes getting a concussion, I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out with them playing next week for the AFC Championship, if. He, his concussion is not, like, if it's severe, he won't be able to play next week. And I feel like that's almost guaranteed that uh, Buffalo will win because I think Buffalo could easily win with Patrick Mahomes playing. So without Patrick Mahomes, I think it's a by far disadvantage for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I hope he plays because if he doesn't play when the Bills win, it'll just be like, Everybody will always say, oh, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't play that game, so they would they wouldn't have made the Super Bowl anyways. But while Patrick Mahomes was in, he played really good, 21 for 30, 255 yards and touchdown. Baker didn't play great. He had 204 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And everybody thought the Chiefs were going to allow – like hundreds of yards rushing because the Chiefs' uh, rushing defense was not good. But they stopped Nick Chubb for 69 yards, <laughs> uh, Kareem Hunt for 32 yards and a touchdown, and Baker with 11 yards. So the Browns only had 112 yards rushing. And with arguably the best running back core in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, holding both of them to 100 yards, and a touchdown is really good. I was really happy with that because the Browns have a good rushing defense and they allowed 123 yards rushing. So I thought it was very I thought it was a good game. I think if Patrick Mahomes didn't get hurt, it would have been a lot worse of a score. But I am kind of glad that uh it was a close game. It was more fun to watch than if uh it was blowout. I don't like blowouts in playoff games. 
because that's what the regular season's for. The regular season is to watch a team win 38 to 3 and then lose in the playoffs 30 to 20 like the New Orleans Saints did. But close games are the best in the playoffs. I would want I want the Super Bowl to go to overtime. Like that would be my dream as long as the Cowboys weren't in it, which probably will never happen again. So moving on to the last game that happened last night was the Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. This was a really fun game to watch. It was Drew Brees versus Tom Brady, arguably two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Drew Brees, this could have been his last game. It would have been an awful last game to go out on. He had 134 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. That is very bad. Uh... I think everybody wants him to retire this year because even if he retires now, they'll forget about this game, but they won't forget about his really amazing career. And if he uh, doesn't retire, I think the Saints are like, no matter what, you're gone after this year. So he'll have to do what Brett Favre did and go to a team that is desperate for a veteran quarterback. And then it'll – I'm afraid it'll just ruin his stats and really hurt what he has played all this time for. So I hope he retires this year. Uh, it'll be weird not seeing him on the Saints next year if, if they don't keep him. But I think he needs to retire before he ruins his career's name. He had a 31.7 QBR. That's like worse than Sam Darnold. <laughs> that is Awful. But looking on the other side, Tom Brady, he didn't play amazing either. He played better, but he only had 200 yards with two touchdowns. And Leonard Fournette, is he's back. Uh, he had 63 yards. He didn't score a touchdown. But, yeah, he did have 63 yards. It was really big. And I'm happy. I like Leonard Fournette. Uh, if you watch Leonard Fournette in college – he was probably the most, if not top three, most electrifying running backs of our generation in like the 2010 era. And he would absolutely truck people, run over them. If it was third and two, he was getting you 12 yards. And that's how he played last night. He They put him in whenever they needed just, you know, they needed a power because Ronald Jones is more of like the speed guy and he – He'll run past people, and Leonard, they'll, you know, 32 dive, and they'll just hit that hole, and he'll get you four or five yards of carry. And he played really good. Alvin Kamara had 18 yards and 80, I mean, 18 carries for 85 yards and no touchdowns. They did a pretty good job of stopping him. He only had 105 yards total with three catches and 18 carries. So I was really happy that the Bucks stopped them. I thought the Buccaneers' defense was going to be what won and lost them the game. And Buccaneers' defense won them the game. Speaking of the defense, the MVP of the game, in my opinion, and I think most of America's opinion, was Devin White. He had 11 tackles, 10 solo, one tackle for a loss, and he also had a interception and a fumble recovery. That's that's about as good of a game as you can ask for a linebacker. He played really well this season. He didn't play like he wasn't like top five or anything. He's not in the MVP race or defensive player of the year. But he did have a hundred solo tackles, uh nine sacks, two forced fumbles, and uh one interception. So he he's a good Linebacker. He's exactly what the Bucks needed last night, and he's going to have to play exactly the same way, if not even better, when they play the Packers because you can't argue that the Packers' offense isn't better than the Saints. They are. So now that we're done with that, we're going to look on to the future and talk about the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers happening this Sunday at 2.05 p.m. Central. Right now they have the Green Bay Packers with a 53% chance to win. Uh, the spread is minus 3.5. Uh, 
I don't like that. I think it will be a close game, but I feel like in the fourth quarter, somebody will take over and pull out a bigger lead. And I think it'll be a worse score than what it looked like, than what it played like. So looking at the comparisons, Tom Brady threw for. 4,633 yards, 40 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Oh, no. This was before last week's game, so the his two touchdowns weren't in. And then Aaron Rodgers, before last week, threw for 4,300 yards, 48 touchdowns, and 5 interceptions. Ronald Jones ran for 1,000 yards and 7 touchdowns. Aaron Jones ran for 1,100 yards and 9 touchdowns. And then the leading receivers is Mike Evans with 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, and Devontae Adams with 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns. Both of these teams, they're very good. Offense is what everybody looks at when they talk about these two teams. The Packers offense, they didn't. Uh, nobody really expected them to be as powerful as they are this year. Everybody knew they were going to be good because it's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to have a good offense. But nobody expected him to be the number one offense right now, number one or two. And the Buccaneers, their offense, everybody thought was going to be amazing. The beginning of the season, it looked a little weak. Tom Brady didn't really have chemistry with anybody other than Gronk. And then the last in the playoffs and the last four games of the season, you could really see a difference. And their offense has played lights out the past couple of weeks. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. For the injury report, uh, there's only two guys on the Buccaneers that are out right now. And I don't think anybody that played last week is absolutely out for the Packers. I think uh, so the people that are questionable – is Antonio Brown and Jeremiah Ledbetter for the Buccaneers. And then for the Packers, it's A.J. Dillon, Chris Barnes, and Kingsley Kiki. I don't know anything about uh, Ledbetter, Barnes, or Kiki, but A.J. Dillon, he is a really good number two guy uh, for the Packers running back game, and he really helps out to change the pace because him and Aaron uh, Jones are very different players, and it adds another dynamic to the Packers' offense because A.J. Dillon is a really good player. His uh, stats this season, he has 300 yards, two touchdowns. He averages about five yards a carry. So he don't get in a lot, but when he gets in, it does add that different dynamic. Antonio Brown, he played pretty well this season. He didn't play great in the beginning, but the last couple of games he has played really good. And him and Tom Brady, they do have like a love-hate relationship. They they were with the Patriots together, and Tom Brady liked him. And then uh, now he's at the Buccaneers, and Tom Brady, for some reason, likes him. I don't know. I would hate to play with Antonio Brown. But looking on um uh, they're pretty tight for what happens uh so 30 points uh 30.8 points per game for the bucks 31.8 points for the packers they allow 21 points for the bucks and 18 points for the packers they both average right around 400 yards a game and they allow uh the pa- buccaneers allow 343 and then the packers allow 270 so the Packers' defense on paper is better than the Buccaneers. And that's what's going that's what it's going to take for the Buccaneers to win. They're going to have to play lights out on defense to stop the Packers. Aaron uh Aaron Rodgers needs to throw at least one interception for them to lose the game. Uh if he plays a lights out game, there's a 0% chance he loses. Because he, the Packers can't outscore the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers can't outscore the Packers. Somebody will have to get at least one turnover and I would say t- three or four stops for this game to 
uh, for the winner. I think that the Packers will come out on top of this game, but I could easily see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in, squeaking by with a victory. I don't think the Buccaneers will blow out the Packers, but I could see the Packers winning by double digits. So I think it will be like a 10-plus game if the Packers win, and I think it will be a 1-4 to four point win if the Bucks win. Uh, I could be wrong. I would love to see the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl because it would show that Tom Brady, no matter where he's at, is an amazing quarterback. So looking at the AFC Championship, we have the Buffalo Bills versus Kansas City at Kansas City, which takes place Sunday at 5.40 p.m. Central. And right now, they're actually giving a 54% chance for the Buffalo Bills to win. But I think that's mainly because of uh, Patrick Mahomes, because he's listed him, uh, Claude Edwards-Alaire, and Sammy Watkins are all listed as questionable. So, if none of them play, that would be a really big loss for Kansas City. I think it'd be hard for them to win if all three set out. But right now, the spread is minus three Kansas City and money line minus 160. So, they are expecting to be a really close game, and I think that's exactly what it will be. If everybody on uh, the Chiefs do play that is listed as questionable, I think it will be a really close game, and that's what I want. I want to see how Josh Allen does in clutch moments in big games to really see how his career you know, unfolds because if you're not a clutch quarterback or you can't win big games, then you're not going to be a good career quarterback. Your stats might be amazing, but you'll never be a great quarterback if you can never win the playoff games. And that, that's the problem Phillip Rivers had. Now, I think Josh Allen is by far better than Phillip Rivers, but it's the same thing, right? If Josh Allen can't win big clutch games, there's no reason for them to lose to the Chiefs. But say it's like tied up and it's a two-minute drive in the fourth quarter. If Josh Allen throws the interception or gets sacked or, you know, just chokes the game away, that's going to, look, that's going to be a big con for his career until he makes up for it in the future so looking at the season stats now remember that they haven't updated from uh last uh the division round games so josh allen has thrown for 4,500 yards 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions patrick mahomes threw for 4,700 yards 38 touchdowns and six interceptions so, Patrick Mahomes, he's thrown one more touchdown, 200 more yards, and four less interceptions. He's had the better season than Josh Allen, but I do think Josh Allen has the most potential in the NFL. Him and Justin Herbert, I think both of them are going to be amazing quarterbacks in the future. And I think Patrick Mahomes will be the front runner for a while, and I don't see him you know, getting passed up by anybody. But if he did get passed up, I think it will be Josh Allen. So for running back games, neither of these teams are like huge running back teams. Like they're both a lot of passing. They both threw for almost 600 passes between Allen and uh, Mahomes each. But Devin Singletary, he has 700 yards and two touchdowns on the season. And then uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he has 800 yards and four touchdowns. So neither of them hit over a thousand. But they're both good running backs for the system. Uh, if Clyde doesn't play, they'll have to put in Le'Veon Bell, which is, he is a really good running back. I think he still is a good running back. He hasn't got a lot of chances. The Jets were kind of, you know, they were the Jets. They couldn't really help how bad he played there. But for the Chiefs, they picked him up middle of the season. He has 82 uh, attempts for 330 yards, two touchdowns, and with a four yards per carry average. For how little he played and how little reps he had, that's not bad. And I think if they put him in next week for Clyde, I think he will play really well. And I think he could, you know, change the whole game because if you add him in to the game, that's a game changer because 
he has a lot of experience in big game situations, and I do think he is the best running back on both of the rosters. So for the receiving stats, Stephon Diggs, arguably the best uh, wide receiver this season, him or Devontae, he has 127 receptions, first in the league. He has 1,500 yards, first in the league. And he has eight touchdowns with a 12.1 yards per catch average. And then, not even, and that was before last night's stats. He had eight receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown. So, he's clearly, um, he's clearly, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the league. And then you have Travis Kelsey, which is the best tight end in the league. Uh, Some of his stats are absolutely absurd. He's arguably a top three wide receiver, (laughs) and he's clearly the number one tight end. He has 105 uh, receptions, 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He is the biggest factor for the offense, and if the Bills somehow shut him down, they shut the Chiefs' offense down because – other than Kelsey, all they have really is they have to either throw super short passes to Tyreek or super long passes to Tyreek. And if Chad Henney's in there, they can't do that either. So the goal for the Buffalo Bills is to shut down Travis Kelsey, and the goal for the Chiefs is to shut down Josh Allen, I would say, because Josh Allen, without Stephon Diggs, he still has a lot of receivers. They have a very high-powered offense. And Patrick Mahomes, they have a really high-powered offense too, but I feel like if you shut down Kelsey, they don't have as good of an offense as the Bills do if they shut down Stephon. I might be wrong on that take, but I do feel like the Bills are a better team without Diggs than the Chiefs are without Travis. So I think the Bills will win this game. I'm hoping the Bills will win this game. Uh, I'll probably put my money on the Bills' money line. And the Bills spread because plus three, if you think they're going to win, then plus three shouldn't matter. So I'll probably bet on both those game, uh, both of those games. I'll probably bet on, I would say I, for the NFC uh, Championship, I'll probably bet on the Buccaneers. Uh, I'll probably bet on the over because I think it will be a pretty high-scoring game. But I said that last time with the uh, Bills and Ravens, and it was the low-scoring game and the most boring game I've watched. So I'd probably bet the over and the Bucks. Uh, no, the Packers spread minus three and a half. I'd bet that and the over, and then for the AFC Championship bet plus three Bills and money line Bills. That's, those are my predictions for the conference championship game. Now we're going to look at the coaching changes for the teams that didn't make the playoffs. And the first one, it happened yesterday. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it happened yesterday. And it was the Chargers. They hired the Rams defensive coordinator to be their head coach. And I think that's a pretty good hire. The Rams defense is clearly very good. They have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. It's hard not to be good. But I think it's a good coach. I think Sean McVay is one of the best football minds in NFL right now. And I think he is turning the Rams into like a prospect spot. If you coach for the Rams in a couple of years, you'll get a head coaching job and you'll see what you'll do with it. The Chargers, I think out of all the teams that have hired coaches so far, I think they have the most upside. They won five five games this season, I'm pretty sure. And that's saying a lot since they had a terrible coach who had the worst decision-making. They act, they went 7-9 and nine this season. That is incredible for how bad their coach is. He really is like... Um, what was his name? Anthony Lynn. He seemed like a cool guy off the field, but on the field, I watched like four games, and there were five times total, probably more than that, where the announcers were like, what is this guy doing? He wouldn't call timeouts when he needed to. He wouldn't 
you know, spike the ball in a uh, tight game whenever there was no time on the clock. He would let it play out. His play calling was horrendous, and his coaching staff was a big problem too. I think Anthony Lynn would be a good coordinator where he doesn't have to make the big decisions. And I think that was his biggest problem. I think he just choked under big decisions. He didn't know what to do. So I hope he is a coordinator somewhere else uh, later on. And then the Falcons, they uh, fired Dan Quinn in the middle of the season. And they it says their uh, future coach is Arthur Smith. I have no clue who that is, but that will be interesting to see. And then uh, the Detroit Lions, they fired Matt Patricia. They haven't made uh, official 2021 coach yet. Uh, a lot of people were talking about uh, Doug Peterson got interviewed. And then there was a coach, I forget who it was, that uh, they are liking to hire, but they haven't made it official yet as of now. So that will be interesting to see. Uh, and then probably the biggest one of the offseason so far, for these teams is Jacksonville fired Doug Marone and they hired Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is one of the greatest college football minds ever, especially of our generation. And I think it'll be good. It's interesting to see because a lot of people like a lot of college coaches that go to the NFL, they don't pan out great. There has in our generation, there has been, uh, Pete Carroll, he's done pretty well, and he's probably the best one out of the college coaches going to the NFL. But, like, for example, Nick Saban, he went from Toledo in 1990 to the Browns defensive coordinator, and then he went Michigan State, LSU, and then he went to the Dolphins for a year, and then went to Alabama as a head coach in in the college. He's 256-65-1. And in the NFL, he's 15 and 17. So, clearly, it does take a lot of – it's a big change. And NFL and college play styles are very different. And it – like, when you coach for a long time, it is hard to go to the college level. So, Urban Meyer, it will be uh, interesting to see how he does. He hasn't coached for two years, I think, two or three and I think he will do good with Jacksonville. I think he'll do better than Doug Marone. But I don't know. I I don't really like Urban Meyer. Just a personal bias because he coached at Florida and he coached at Ohio State. I don't really like either one of those teams uh, unless they're playing like Bama or something. But you can't lie, he is a great coach. He has an amazing resume, and I hope he does good. A lot of people also think that he's going to try to draft Justin Fields instead of uh, Trevor Lawrence. I don't see it happening, but I do think it would be very interesting if it did happen. It would change up the whole NFL mock draft. Because just because of the national championship game, Justin Fields moved down a lot in the draft stocks. But Trevor Lawrence in the playoff game, he didn't play very good, and he didn't move down at all. And I do think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback out of the draft class, but it is interesting how Justin Fields has one bad game and he moves down like five or six spots, and Trevor Lawrence has a bad game, and he doesn't move down at all. That's a very interesting dynamic. But uh, next, Phil- uh, Philadelphia Eagles, they fired Doug Peterson, and they haven't hired anybody yet. It, I think it would be interesting more for where Doug goes than who the Eagles hire because I'm sure the Eagles, they're a big market, they're a really historic team, and I feel like they're going to get a good coach no matter what. But Doug... I think the main reason he got fired is because he was not he didn't do great this year or last year, but he he won them a championship. And then uh the last game of the regular season, I'm sure everybody knows that he allowed the Redskins to win the game so the Giants couldn't go to the playoffs. He said that's not what happened, but it is clear that that is what happened. And they fired him after that. I 
you know, his job was relatively safe until that game, and then he was instantly put on the hot seat, and a week later he was fired. So the next uh, team is the New York Jets. They fired Adam Gase, and they hired Robert Sala, Sala? I don't know how to say his name, but he was uh, the 49ers defensive coordinator, the 49ers, they have a really good defense. They had a lot of injuries this year, but I feel like if they were completely healthy, they would have been a playoff team again. I think they were – I think they would have been the best team in the NFC West if they were completely healthy. And they kind of got screwed over. It's also – the 49ers are an interesting team for the offseason. I think they're going to be one of the – biggest offseason win winners I think Jimmy G is a great quarterback but I do feel like his time in uh, San Francisco are numbered I think they I don't think they draft a quarterback but I do think they'll either trade for one or sign one and get rid of Jimmy G a lot of people there's a lot of talk that the Falcons want Matt Ryan either to retire this year or to leave and I think his number one destination, because I don't think he's ready to retire, I think his number one destination is the 49ers because Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's an amazing head coach, and he also coached Matt Ryan for, I think, four years whenever he was at the Falcons as the OC. I hope Matt Ryan stays in the league, and I hope he goes to the 49ers. I think that would be very interesting to see. And I think Matt Ryan needs – a a couple more chances before everybody gives up on them. And then the Houston Texans are the last team to uh, fire somebody so far, and they fired Bill O'Brien in the middle of the season, and they haven't named a coach yet. The Texans, I don't think, I think no matter who they hire, I still think no matter who they hire, uh, Deshaun Watson's days in Houston are done. And a lot of people think that J.J. Watt's days in Houston are done, too. They really traded their whole big players other than Deshaun and J.J. last season. So they might just be doing a complete reboot because with them, they didn't really do much. So they're going to try to do something else. The biggest destination right now is to Miami for a Tua. Deshaun Watson is by far a better quarterback, so if they propose the trade, I don't care how many picks or how many players are in the trade. If it is Tua in the trade and Deshaun in the trade, I think the Dolphins need to make that without even thinking about it. Deshaun Watson statistically is a top-five quarterback, and that is with no one to throw to because Will Fuller got hurt and they didn't have DeAndre this season. So, and they had one of the worst O-lines in the NFL. So, I think wherever Deshaun will go, it'll be an upgrade from Texans. But, I think the Texans, depending on who they hire, I'd give them three, four years before they're a good team again. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's like a year. But, yeah, so those are the coaching changes so far for the NFL season. Now that I'm done talking about football because there was only four games and there's not much to talk about right now. I've kind of ran out of some stuff to talk about, so I'm going to talk about the NBA a little bit. I don't know like a ton about NBA. I don't really watch it a lot. But one thing that everybody has been talking about is the uh, James Harden trade. I think it was easily a win for the Rockets. And I think it was a lose for the Nets. I might be wrong. The Nets are trying to build a power forward and center to that can stop big teams like the Lakers because they traded Jared Allen, and I think Jared Allen was better than DeAndre Jordan, and they traded a bunch of picks away. They, I think they don't get a first-round pick till 2028. I'm, I think that's right. So that's very interesting. But James Harden, KD and Kyrie Irving, well, I guess not really Kyrie Irving. I just got a notification that he's sitting out again tonight. Uh, I don't think they'll work that good in the playoffs. I think they'll be a really good regular season team. Like the first game of the, uh, that they were together, KD and Harden, they dropped 42 and 34. But like I think 
right now, if they keep playing the way they do and they add like a good power forward because they might be getting Kenneth Fareed, I think that would be a good move. I think that could possibly work. Uh, I don't think they will win the championship. I think the Lakers are going two PD in. Because if you look at it, like who's going to guard Anthony Davis for the when they play the Brooklyn Nets? Because DeAndre Jordan is too slow and he'll get too tired to guard Anthony Davis for a whole game. KD can't guard Anthony Davis because who's going to guard LeBron? Because James Harden can't guard LeBron because James Harden doesn't play defense as physical as you need when you play LeBron. And so then you you got to choose either having a mismatch against Anthony Davis or against LeBron. And I think you would have to choose Anthony Davis, which is scary because they're two of the top four players in the uh, NBA right now. So I don't see the Nets winning the finals, but I think they could easily go to the finals because every team has the same problem like as they have. Um, the Bucks, they are a good team, but they just, I don't know. <laughs> it will be interesting. Oh, I didn't even know this. Milwaukee and the Nets play tonight, I think. Yeah, I think they play at 6. They play at 6.30 tonight, Central. So that'll be interesting to see. I guess that will like set the tone for how good the Nets really are with James Harden and KD. And in the NBA Power Rankings, they have the Nets as the sixth team. And they have the Sixers at five, Celtics at four, Bucks at three, Clippers at two, and Lakers at one. I don't know. I think the Lakers are clearly the best team, and I think the Lakers will win the championship. Like I said, I don't know a lot about NBA. NBA is like NBA and MLB. I don't watch that much. I like college basketball and uh, college basketball more than the NBA. So, I don't know. I just think the NBA is boring, in my opinion. I am a Golden State fan. Not You can call me a bandwagon all you want. The main reason I'm a Golden State fan is because Draymond Green's my favorite player in the NBA, and you can hate on me for that too. I don't care. I love Draymond Green. And uh, when I wear a Draymond Green jersey out and around uh, my college campus, people give me looks like I like hate my parents and stuff, and that's just not true. I think he's a very well-rounded basketball player, and he does exactly what he's supposed to do. Get a couple of points, don't shoot the ball a lot, get a good amount of rebounds, and get some assist. He's a great passer for what his position in is, and you can't argue that he's a great defensive player. He's won the defensive player of the year twice, I think, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, if you hate on Draymond Green, good for you, I guess. You're just part of the bandwagon on hating on Draymond. I am the minority for Draymond. Uh, and, yeah, that's all I really got about the NBA. Now, NCAA, breaking news for today, the Tennessee Titans, uh, they fired Pruitt. I think that was a great move. I think Pruitt is a terrible coach. And Tennessee, they've had a really, really bad go at it the past couple of years. They've not really been a great team. They've not been terrible every year for the past couple, but they've only had one or two good seasons in the past five, I'm pretty sure. And I'm interested to see who they hire because it's Tennessee. It's a big name. They're going to get somebody big. And I hope they do good. I don't really like Kentucky that much, so I think it would be funny if they got a good catch and beat up on Kentucky. Um, I'm a Texas fan, so, of course, I'm going to have to talk about this a little bit. I haven't talked about it yet. Steve Sarkeesian to the – Texas uh, to Texas Longhorns is a big move. I don't agree with them firing Tom Herman. I don't see the point. I feel like it was like the only thing that could happen is it. I feel like it could only go bad with this move. I don't see Sarkeesian doing an amazing job in his first season or first two probably. I hope he does. I hope we go to the playoffs next year and just prove me wrong. But Tom Herman, he went 32 and 18 in his four years. And 12 of his 18 losses were in the first two seasons of his uh, four years. So in his, uh, he went 
seven and six in both seasons, I'm pretty sure. And so 14 of his 32 wins were in his uh, first two seasons, and 12 of his 18 losses were in his first two seasons. So he only lost six. He lost six games in his last in his uh, third and fourth season. That's all. Like we've been ranked both past two seasons at the end of the uh, season, and I'm happy with that. I I think that's fine. I think we should have gave him a couple more years, because you know the Sam Ellinger era is officially over, and I think we should have gave him one year after Sam Ellinger to see how he does without, you know a stacked offense that, you know, he got. And because Casey Thompson, he, in the bowl game, he looked amazing, but I don't think he's going to be as good the whole next season. I hope he is. But I think they should have at least gave him five years, especially when he was undefeated in bowl season. But Steve Sarkeesian on the bright side is one of the greatest offensive minds in the NCAA right now. Nick Saban loves Steve, and he wishes him the best and everything. And Steve has also brought over a lot of Alabama coaches. The He brought a special teams coach, I think the quality control coach, and uh, Alabama's uh, assistant o- offensive coordinator and O-line coach came to be our offensive coordinator. So I think Texas, the only way Texas will be happy is – in the 12 game season that we're going to play hopefully as if we win 10 or 11 games in the regular season that will be the only way that they're happy because Tom Herman past two years and uh he's got us nine wins and you know can't really that's a good season so I think there's a lot of pressure on Steve Sarkeesian but I hope he does it Moving away from sports, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what's going on in my life. I started a new show last week. I uh, It's called The Rookie. It's on Hulu. It's pretty good. It's not like the greatest show ever. It's about a 40-year-old who gets divorced from his wife, and he moves to Los Angeles to become an LAPD officer, and he's like a 40-year-old rookie, and that's like the whole point of the show. And it's it's pretty cool. It's a good plot. Um, I like it. It's not like the funniest show or the best cop show I've ever watched, but there's only three seasons. They uh, Time flies when you watch it, so it's a good show. Uh, I moved into college last uh, weekend, Friday. Friday I moved into college at Western, and, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I missed it. I do miss my family and friends back in Somerset, though. Um, the time difference, it's only an hour. But it's messed me up. Uh, it took me about a week and a half to get used to Somerset time from when I was in Bowling Green. And now it's probably going to take me a week to get used to Bowling Green time. Because right now it's 2.30 in uh, Somerset and it's only 1.30 here. So today I woke up at like, I woke up at 7.30 and I was like, it's way too early. So I had to go back to bed. And it's going, you know, take me a little bit. I don't. I want to stop waking up so early. I've done it every day. I've moved in here, but other than that, I got to see some of my college buddies that I've not seen for uh, since early December, late November. So that was really cool. And you know, I miss school also because college it's fun, but without schoolwork, it's kind of like boring. Like yesterday, I sat in my room till like four o'clock just waiting to do something. But like when during when school's uh, going on, you have something to do at every second of every day. You know, you have class and then you like do work and then you go hang out with friends and then come back do work, watch a movie, and so like there's something going on at every point of your life. And when you've done that for you know four and a half months, it's you know hard to stop. So I was really bored for a while in Somerset because I like. I had work, and then after work, I was like, hmm. And then I started working out again. Uh, I stopped working out after I, uh, our, <laughs> after I graduated high school, and I lost so much strength. <laughs> I took a, basically a six-month break from working out, and my 
bench press went down almost 100 pounds, and my squat went down like 100 pounds, and it was very, very disheartening. I was so sad. I was so mad at myself that I let myself get so weak. And so I'm going, uh, one thing I'm going to be working on while I'm at college is I'm going to try to work out Monday through Friday and try to get, you know, try to get big. Bulk season, baby. Uh, so on the last note, I'm just going to share uh, one opinion of mine. Everybody is talking about, like, how long COVID's lasted and how nobody expected it to be this long and all this stuff. And how whenever it's back to normal, they're, what, like, the first thing they're going to go do. The first thing I'm probably going to go do is I'm going to go and I'm just going to sit in a mall without a mask on and just people watch. I've not, it's so boring to, like, go to the mall now because there's barely anybody there. Everybody's wearing a mask and everybody's just upset. Like, nobody's happy right now like the only people that are happy are people that are making a lot of money during this time um so i just want to see happiness like it is america has become so sad and so dark and i just want covid to be over so people can be happy and go back to their normal lives and also so i can hang out with my friends and not have to worry am i gonna get sick (laughs) Like, that is the, like, one of the worst things because they're like, hey, let's go hang out. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, what if I get the text in four days? Hey, man, I got COVID. Like, that ruined my week. That ruined my month. I'd be so upset. Uh, but, yeah, on that note, um, I have to go buy books for college. So, I think I'm going to finish this podcast off right here. Uh, thank you all for listening. This was the Pull Up and Here podcast hosted by Jacob Greenville.